Well, grace, mercy, and peace be and abide with each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. So I kind of uh, wonder how many of you are sitting this morning a little bit nervous. Because when you saw the theme on the screen of giving what he's given you, or when you heard that reading that's very familiar to many of us of uh, this story of the widow and her offering, the widow's mite, and you probably maybe began to think to yourself, well, here we go. Here comes that stewardship series of sermons. But guess what? It's not. Matter of fact, uh, maybe you've noticed, but over the last several years, we have actually separated uh, anything to do with the budget from uh, a stewardship-type preaching and teaching. Part of that because what that ends up somehow doing is making us think stewardship's only about money, and it's not. That's only a, a small piece of what it means to be a manager of the gifts and the things that God puts in our lives, whether it is our talents, whether it, it is our resources and the blessings we have in an earthly way, or whether it is our time, it's everything. So we don't even do that until like January or February. The budget's long approved and already been lived out. Now the board along with each of the various ministries, are right now working on their budgets, but I'd like to let you know this too. The primary focus we ask them to do is sit, pray, ponder, what is God calling you to do in the coming year, and then we build a budget off of that. So it's more of a ministry plan than it is about, let's just look at the numbers and say, oh, this sounds good and this looks good. What is God calling them? What is he calling us to do? But we do have this appointed text. I didn't choose it. It's there in the pericope, the three-year reading cycle that we do regularly use as part of our uh, life of worship and following the teaching and life of Jesus. So this morning what I'd like to do is kind of take a little bit of a, a different view of this reading and, and hopefully you're not going to sit here and feel like, man, just another one of those stewardship sermons, but it's more. The widow's might. Did you know that when you see Jesus, you see God? Now maybe that sounds obvious, but maybe it's not. Because when we look at Jesus, we have the clearest picture. We have the clearest uh, testimony of truly the very nature and the very character of our God. And as disciples of Jesus and people who have taken up Jesus' ministry, those of us who have denied ourselves and taken up our cross to follow him, the truth is, is that the people around us should also see in us him. And I would like to suggest to you this morning is that is what we saw in this widow. We saw the God who is a God who gives and a God who is generous. 
For you see, God gave. He really gave. He gave completely everything in the person of Jesus Christ. He didn't hold anything back. Giving and generosity have been rooted in God from the beginning. In his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus demonstrates to us what it means for us to give, what it means for us to be generous. And the generosity of Jesus was imitated then by this widow, for she gave all that she had. Though monetarily speaking, her offering was insignificant. A one-sixteenth of a day's wages of a denarii. That's it. But she gave all she had. Her actions spoke volumes. Her generous actions were inspired and motivated by her passion and her love for God. In response to what God had done for her, she gave. God loved her. He loved her with everything, and she responded by living out the greatest commandment that is also recorded in this same chapter of 12 of Mark, where the Lord says the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. This woman was living that out the end of that same quote, it goes on to say, for this is more important than all sacrifices and offerings. Why did Jesus hold her up? Why did he use her as an example of what it means to give from the heart and to give your all? Because she was demonstrating it. Generosity in the lives of God's people has always been a way of saying thank you. When the Israelites in the Old Testament brought forward their tithes of the first fruits from the produce that they had harvested, it was a way of saying thank you, God, for the blessings of the harvest. Their offerings to people who were in need was a way for them to say thank you, God, for providing for my needs. The widow in our story had almost nothing. Socially speaking, she was on the outside. Yet she doesn't seem to have viewed herself as poor. Instead, her actions signifies that she considered herself blessed. This widow had the gift of life, and she lived in the reality that she was a child of God. She recognized and she celebrated that all that she had was from God. And so she responded with generosity, with giving from what God had given her. Look around you and look at your life. I once heard a, a pastor say, when you leave here today, was his word, and you get into your car, look at the car you're driving and say thank you. It doesn't matter whether it has 200,000 miles or 100 miles. It doesn't matter whether it's new or old. The fact is you have transportation. When you walk into your home, look around. Ponder what you have. A roof over your head, a shelter from the elements, a place to sit, 
and relax, a place to enjoy friends and family, food on the table, clothes to wear. The list goes on and on. Dear friends, we indeed have been richly blessed by God. And even though at times we might have difficulty, maybe at times we may have struggled, maybe we are in a time right now like that, maybe something's not going well, and yet we have much for which we can give thanks. You have life. You have a relationship with a living, loving, and forgiving God. You have a family of faith here at Amazing Grace who love you and care about you and want to walk with you through all of life and its circumstances. You are richly blessed. And everything that we have, in the ways that we use them, are given to us as a way to say thank you to the Lord. But this widow, in the story, she did not have anything left. She gave all she had to the Lord. And in doing so, she demonstrated her trust that God would provide for her for the next day. We might say that that was a way for her to literally uh, put her money where her mouth was. She gave all she had. As little as it was, but she gave it joyfully. It's easy for people to say they believe in Jesus and that God has them in His hand caring for them. But generosity and giving back to the Lord is a way that we demonstrate that we trust that because of God's love and grace, He will provide for us. If I were to ask you to start writing down the periods of life in which you doubted about whether you would have enough for tomorrow or next year or something, I bet there's several of them. I know I have them. I know going off to college, I wondered how will I get through it without you know, being somehow overwhelmed or not making it through with debt. I know that when I got laid off by the state of Texas twice, and for a while was on unemployment. I wondered how we would make the bills and everything else. When we bought our first home and, and then uh, things began to change and God called Martha to Tallahassee and, and we're like, wait a minute. The market had crashed. The home was worth about mm, 60% of what the note was. And I wondered or leaving a career that I loved and enjoyed and blessed me wonderfully, and going to seminary, and I wondered, Lord, how? And he provided. Time after time again, most of our lives have those experiences in which we have wondered, Lord, will I have enough? You know, we say to ourselves, if we keep our blessings to ourselves, we're more assured, or at least in our own eyes, that we'll have enough for tomorrow and the days that are ahead. But generosity and giving is one of the ways that we live out our faith. We are saying as we give our tithes and our offerings that we believe and trust that God is able and willing to provide for us everything that we need today tomorrow, 
and every day to follow. Every day. It's not ours, Pastor Rocky. Those were words that caught me off guard uh, by a couple members of the church I was pastoring in Fort Myers one day when I sat to meet with them. They had worked hard. They had sacrificed in many ways. And they had built a, a successful company. And here they were in retirement age and they were still working hard. And God had blessed them wonderfully. But they said to me, they believed God's words from James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. So they said, we just give what the Lord's given us. It's all His, Pastor. You know that phrase, I was schooled? And I felt that way sitting in their presence that day. And before they left, he said, you know, we rejoice that now we give 60% of our income away. I don't know about you, but every time I've gotten a raise, my mind starts wondering, okay, how can I spend it? First, you know, you, you, you deal with inflation. Second, you know, you start thinking, okay, what else? And that could include savings, but the fact is, I was living just fine before I got a raise or whatever blessing came my way. Behind all of this is something we seem to have forgotten. Everything, and yes, literally everything, is His. We may work, we may study, we may plan, we may invest, we may save, but it all belongs to Him. That's getting us back to part of what we confess in the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker and owner of heaven and earth. It's all His. Or this goes along with Psalm 50. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Sure, the title of my car has my name on it and you know, the deed on our house has our name on it, but it's really the Lord's. It's all His. Those members were blessed by God, but so are you and I. So how are we going to respond? Consider again the account of the widow. It says, they gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and put everything in all she had. Her response was one of complete faith and trust in the Lord to provide as he had each day before. And also earlier in that same chapter, Jesus said, Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. You take that and you do with that as you are led. But I think it's a simple reminder from Jesus of that teaching from Psalm 50 and from Chronicles that everything is the Lord's. Dear friends, we therefore give from what He has first given us. God gives us all we have, 
And if you believe in the biblical teaching of tithing, or at least the model he gives us of 10%, he says, you keep 90%, all I want is 10%. And I thought about the person who won the lottery two weeks ago. What was it, $1.4 billion or something crazy like that? But you know, they had to pay like, you know, 51% taxes. And the Lord says, you keep 90. Just give 10 back. Trust me to provide. And lastly, the explanation to the creed says well what our response should be. All this he does out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For, it, for all this, it is my duty to thank, praise, serve, and obey him. Yes, we give from what he has given us. And what a generous and giving God we have. Amen.